Fort Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Sports Charlotte, the podcast about sports in Charlotte. My name is Herb White. I am editor-in-chief at the Charlotte Post, and with me today for this episode is Naya Tapper, a world-class rugby player who happens to be uh, very much connected to Charlotte. Welcome to the podcast, Naya. Thank you so much for having me, Herbert. All right, so let's just jump right on in in terms of rugby Charlotte, kind of give me a little bit of your backstory. I know you were born in South Carolina, and uh, you have these ties to Charlotte. So what are the ties? So, well, as you said, I was born in Beaufort, South Carolina. My dad was in the military, so we moved around a lot before the age of 10 where I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and we moved to Charlotte because my brother was going to college at that state. So um, that's kind of where my attachment to the Charlotte community began. So I went to middle school at Coolwood Middle School, and then I went to West Mecklenburg High School, and then UNC Chapel Hill from there. So um, I was born in South Carolina, but I feel like I'm from North Carolina, that I'm a um, North Carolinian. Either way, you're you're a Carolinian, yeah, <laughs> born and raised. Now, yeah. in, in terms of, uh, it's interesting you talked about West Mecklenburg, uh, your high school alma mater. Uh, it was one of the first schools in this area to really get into rugby. So, did you pick up rugby there, or was it later on? So I became aware of the sport at West Mecklenburg. Um, we had a math teacher who used to play it, and he created the kind of um, sports team there at West Mac and had a lot of females and males playing it. But I was running track during that time, so I wasn't able to play, even though I definitely had interest. So I didn't actually start playing until I got to college. Okay. So you didn't play in high school, and so you picked it up once you got to UNC Chapel Hill. Was it just one of those things where – you did. You were just a natural to it, or were you kind of coached into it, or or what? Um, I feel like it was natural in terms of the physical aspect, coming from a track and field background. Like my speed transferred to rugby very well, um, and so it was kind of like a breeze during college playing, just because you didn't. At the level that I was playing at, you didn't really need much um, skill level in terms of passing the ball and kicking the ball and things of that such, especially with the position that I was playing. But as I um, started playing the sport for a lot longer, that idea of it's okay to just be fast kind of changed over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what position did you play at Chapel Hill? Um, at Chapel Hill, I was a wing. Okay, so that is a speed position. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, so then uh, how much did you have to do in terms of learning the ins and outs of rugby? I know, you know, like you said, you were fast, and so obviously it was an asset. 
But in okay. terms of learning the intricacies of the sport, how long did it take you to get that? Um, in terms of having a grip with a majority of the skills that were necessary for playing at the professional level, I'd say it took me three years, and it's like I'm still learning. Like, you never reach that maximum achievement of a skill. It's kind of something that you can always continue growing. So where I'm at right now, I am very good at a lot of skills that I weren't, that I wasn't so good at in the past, but I still have a lot of learning to do. Mm-hmm. And so are you still a wing, or have you moved to a different position? Uh, so I'm still a wing, but the position in the two different forms of rugby kind of varies. So in 15s, which I was playing in college, when you're a wing, you're kind of strictly a wing. You're on the edge, you catch the balls, and you score. But in sevens, which is what I'm playing at a professional level, um, a wing, your name is a wing, but you could end up anywhere on the field. You could end up in any position. So the name of your position kind of just describes where you start at and stop um, plays during the game. But you can end up anywhere on the field, so it's important to be able to be to do every skill and be capable of doing every skill. Other than the math, what's the difference between 15s and 7s? Um, so 15s, you have 15 people versus 15 people on the field, and 7s, you have 7 people versus 7 people. So 15 is um, a lot more contact, less space to run, um, and 7s is a lot less contact, a lot more space to run, and, and it's more fast-paced. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a different kind of game. It, is it more of a speed game at 7s as opposed to 15? Yeah, you'll see like a lot a lot more speed in 7s um, and a lot more, I don't want to say creativity, but more space to be more creative. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a of an open field type of game. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So now when you you make the transition from college rugby to professional rugby, uh, how did you wind up in professional rugby? Was there like a draft, or do you get recruited? How does that work? So when I had started playing at UNC, um, two two months into playing, my coach wanted me to go to a rugby camp in California, which is where the main training site is for the professional women's rugby team. So I went out there and did that, and that's kind of um, the place where you can be noticed and get a chance to pursue a professional rugby career. So I went to that camp, and I did pretty well physically. Um, My speed has been a great asset for me for my whole life. Um, and I was offered a contract around that time, but because I had just started college and I was really just doing rugby for fun, it wasn't something that I was interested in at the moment. So I ended up going, declining and, you know, going to school, still playing rugby for fun. And then my last semester of college, um, I was invited to another camp out in California and was offered a contract again, and this time I took it. So, yeah, that's how that happened. <laughs> okay, so first job out of college? Professional rugby uh, player. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so now, obviously, speed and the 
ability to move around quickly has been very important to you athletically. I understand you were uh, track all America at West Bend. Yes. Uh, so what did you run? Um, I ran the 100, the 200, the 55, and the 4x1 and 4x2, and sometimes the shot put. Sometimes shot put. Just to throw that yeah. in. Just to score some <laughs> <Yeah>. points. <laughs> All right, so then you've got the transition from college, which was for fun, to professional, which is for higher stakes, obviously. Uh, yeah. You're the all-time leading tri-scorer uh, in U.S. women's rugby. Uh, talk about that because, you know, a lot of people probably don't know a whole bunch about rugby. They know it's the, uh, the, the grandfather to American rules football. But kind of give us a little bit of background. School, the uneducated, about what rugby is and how it's played. Uh, just to clear one thing up, um, I was the all-time try scorer a couple months ago, but one of my teammates passed me, so right now I'm the second time I'll try all-time try score just to make that clear so there's no confusion. Duly no. But, um, <laughs> thank you. But um, so kind of how I try to explain um, rugby to people who may never have seen it or heard about it before is that it's kind of a combination of football and soccer. So, um, in the realm of soccer, those games are continuous. They're 80-minute continuous games. And for rugby, 15s is also an 80-minute continuous game split into 40-minute halves. And then 7s is um, a 14-minute game split into 7-minute halves. So, it's requires a lot of aerobic capacity, but also anaerobic capacity because it is a very fast game in a short amount of time. So um, for the football realm, rugby involves a lot of contact, but because, but how it's different from football is we don't wear any pads, we just have a mouth guard. So technique and tackling is very important to prevent energy to prevent injury. Um, we can also kick anytime we want throughout the game. Um, when you score, it's called scoring a try and comparing it to football. When you score football, you just have to run the end zone. But for rugby, you have to run the ball into the end zone and place the ball down. Okay. That, yeah, that's what makes that a try. Mm-hmm. And so after you score a try, that will give you five points. Then you are able to kick a conversion kick after you score a try to give you an extra two points. So completing those two things will get you seven points. If not, you can just end up with five points, or if you get tackled before you put the ball down, you have zero points. Um, and we have different set pieces, so different ways to start the game. So, so in football, you have like a kickoff or a kicker seat, something like that. We have the same type of thing. That's usually how we start each game, each half. You'll have a kickoff, and that's how we start every um, play after somebody has scored. There's so, so many rules in there, but um, the best way to think about it is soccer and football combined. Got it. And, you know, I've seen it, and to me it, it resembles football 
way more than it does soccer. But yeah, that's just me and the way that my brain kind of works. <laughs> but, you know, so what if you think of football, they have a lot of stoppages, mm-hmm. so it doesn't really require them to be doing anything for a long amount of time. Right. Whereas soccer, it's continuous, and that's that's what that's the characteristic that rugby takes from soccer is that you're playing for seven minutes. There's not many stops, so you have to be able to go for a long amount of time. Yeah, and how long is the season? Um, it's almost year round. We start in the end of August, sometimes September, depending on um, what big event we've had that year, and we'll go all the way to the end of July. So we we have Christmas off, we have a month off during the summer, and then we'll have maybe a week or two, um, like maybe three random weeks off during the year. Wow, that is a long season. That's a year-round sport. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so... Obviously, 2020 was an Olympic year. You were in training for the Olympic team, and the pandemic comes along and derails everything, just like it's derailed pretty much the whole planet. Uh, what were you looking most forward to in terms of uh, trying to make the, the U.S. team, and how did the pandemic impact you and your preparation? Um, I think... The thing I was looking most forward to, as we've already said, is like making it to my first Olympics and being able to play rugby on that grand of a playing field and being able to have my family and friends watching on. I think that was one of the big things that I was looking forward to because that's been a goal for me for a while now. Um, when the pandemic came around, we kind of started slowly getting an idea that the Olympics wouldn't be happening this year. So it wasn't too dramatic for me. Um, I also knew that I was planning to come back for another four years. So for me, it was like, okay, well, if this doesn't happen, like, you can still reach your goal. It's just going to be pushed back a little further. Um, For others, you know, this was their first or their last Olympics, and then they were planning on going after this. So it had a bigger effect on other players more than it did myself, just because I was planning on having a very long career. Um, But in terms of preparation, a a lot of things got halted. Our season ended very early, Um, so we've been kind of on a hiatus for the last five months, just training on our own, doing remote training, Um, still trying to stay fit outside of being able to all be together as a team. Um, But during that time, it was nice, you know, just to focus on, refocus on what your goals were, um, to be able to fix something that maybe you wouldn't have had the time to fix leading up into the Olympics. And now we, we're going, we're in our second week of training together in small groups. So slowly but surely we're getting back into regular schedule and we'll be getting ready for the Olympics all over again. Yeah, so, so now the goal is the 2021 Olympics. Yeah. Okay. So now you play with USA Women's Eagles. Uh, is that like an individual team or is that a national team or how does it work? So if I'm thinking right, the Eagles are the 15th team. Okay. So they have a professional 15th team. Um, but they don't go to the Olympics. So that's the difference between the 
2015 scene and the post 17. So I've done a couple um, tours with the Eagles team. I've been to the World Cup in Ireland, and I've done some tournaments in Utah and other places. But um, I'm strictly a Sevens um, rugby player at the moment. Okay. So did you ever imagine way back when at West Mac that the ticket to seeing the world was in rugby? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I didn't know there was a professional team until um, maybe my yeah my first year of college. I was 18 years old. Yeah. And it's, it's odd sometimes. You know, you, and we talk all the time to uh, athletes from all types of sports, all types of disciplines, those types of things, and that is ultimately the thing that they talk about. It's the, you know, it's the travel, it's seeing places that they never would have dreamed of as yeah. children and young adults, and that seems to be the thread that brings athletes together, just getting out and seeing something different that, yeah. that, that kind of creates that small world that we're all part of. Uh, and in, in terms of you know, all the other things that you've got going on, you know, that in reading some of your background and everything, you know, that you, you know, you've been on the Today Show, you've been on Bravo's Project Runway, you know, what's up with all that? You know, you've got, you've got some fashion things going on there, or is it, you know, and you're very outspoken in terms of, of women and girls participating in, in athletics. Talk a little bit about some of that as well. Yeah, I think for me that's just kind of, working on having an impact outside of the game, um, an impact off the field. So with the Project Runway thing, that was a great opportunity for me because it was a great chance for exposure, not only for myself as a brand, but also for my teammates and um, my team and my sport um, because rugby isn't very well known in the U.S. and that's something that we want to change and something that I want to have a hand in being a part of. So with Project Run, Runway, that was a like an Olympic-style-based episode. And me loving sports and also loving fashion, it was perfect for me. So that was something that I definitely didn't want to let pass me by. So that was a great experience for me. Um, I had a great time. I met so many amazing people. And then with the Today Show, that was also something that was involved with um, the Olympics coming up, and I was very grateful to be selected for that um, and, again, have another chance to spread awareness about my team and the sport of rugby on a big screen. Yeah. And I think that's something that's grown very important for me is taking advantage of the opportunities that have been provided to me um, through sports and being able to provide opportunities for others because of what I was able to receive. So that's kind of what I'm working on. It's just my impact beyond the game. And there seems to be a, a growing sense of that, especially when it comes to women in sports, okay. that uh, because of the WNBA, which obviously has a very high profile, but it's basketball. Rugby, it's not quite as high a profile as, as you mentioned. Is, is that something where you know, when you talk to people who may not be as familiar with the sport, that they 
say something similar to, I had no idea it even existed, or that they're really inspired by it, or what? Yeah, I mean, we get so many different reactions. People will compare, like, think that we play um, polo or field hockey or lacrosse. They don't know what rugby is, and even the people who do know what rugby is, they don't know that women play it. So there's so many different levels of questions and unknowing of the sport of rugby in the U.S., even though it's growing tremendously right now with a lot of youth organizations that involve rugby. The YMCA in California has rugby. There's so many um, outlets where it's growing. So the best that we can do is when we have those questions, we're able to answer them so that we spread awareness. It sounds like it's a a great time to be involved in whatever it is that you're doing. I mean, I guess, you know, maybe the one thing that you have to tell folks who aren't familiar with rugby, no forward passing. It all has to go backward. (laughs) To to the back and to the side. Never forward. But I do appreciate you taking the time to join me today and uh, much success with everything out in California. And uh, is is that beautiful Chula Vista? Yes, Chula Vista, California. Okay. Very good. And uh, Again, uh, much success with everything and for our listeners, you can, of course, hear Sports Charlotte on Queen City Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as our website, thecharlottepost.com, uh, social media, the usual suspects, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, on and on. And for Nina Tapper, our homegirl from the Carolinas, Charlotte raised, Beaufort, South Carolina born, my name is Herb White. Thanks for listening. Sports Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com.